Okay, gang. Gonna be real with you here. Don't really want to mention this, but I'm all about honesty. I'm all about openness uh, as, as a person and as a podcaster. And I just have to say, it took me entirely too long to put together the Cowboy and Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I know. We'll get there. Because today we're talking about Andy. We're talking about Cowboy Bebop. Everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show. My name is Drew, and this is the More You Nerd. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy Miles. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. And before we dive back into Cowboy Bebop, I wanted to take a little bit of time at the top of the show and talk about the reason that we are a little late this week. I want to. I want to hear about your excursion with macross plus yes so macross plus oh macross plus uh long-time listeners of the show will know that i am a huge fan of the the anime franchise macross uh it was all the first series of which was part, uh, adapted into the first arc of robotech back in the 1980s uh and because of that has been in a rights nightmare uh for decades now uh but Macross Plus is something that got a, a U.S. release back in the 90s. And uh, the movie version actually aired as part of a Fathom event uh, on Tuesday, which is our normal recording day. So, of course, being the fan that I am, I had to go see. I had to go see this. I had to be a part of it. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The theater that I was in uh, was was small. Um and there were definitely not a packed house, which, you know, is fine. Uh, but um, it w- events like that tend to be hit or miss with how well they do in a specific theater. Like, I'll hear that they do well, but it's like because each theater was maybe a quarter filled, something like that. Um, it's it's always hard to tell how something does with a Fathom event. Yeah, but uh, but the 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 f- interesting thing is so Macross Plus was an originally a four episode OVA series with four roughly 40 minute, 50 minute episodes uh, that was later adapted into uh, a movie. It kind of like, you know, anime does this. Uh, if you've watched a lot mm-hmm. of anime series, they either they'll make a standalone movie or they will condense episodes into movies. It is fairly common. Um, and this was I've seen the movie. I have the movie version on DVD. I had it on VHS at some point. Uh, it's just <laughs> I realized as I started watching this movie that I have not seen this movie version in a long time, at least a decade, because when I have gone back to, to Macross Plus and even when we did it for the show, I watched the OVA version because I prefer, you know, I love the OVA version. There's just more content to it. But as I was sitting there watching the movie and going through it, I realized that though the movie loses some things, the character introductions, I don't think are as strong in the movie. And obviously, because it cuts down 
you know, four hours of content into an hour and a half of content, a lot of my favorite scenes from the OVA are cut out. They add enough scenes in and enough new scenes that give context to to elements of, of the plot that I honestly think the last arc of the movie is really good and way stronger than the the final arc of the OVA. Uh, and, and, and I think they're very interesting companion pieces to each other because, because I think the weakest part of the OVA is the ending, uh, the last arc of, of, of the ending of the OVA. Uh, so it's, it was really interesting to, to kind of see that and reflect on that. Um, uh, the, the, the that was always my problem with that, that, uh, OVA series was the, the final act. There's, there's, I, there's doesn't land for me as well there's there's just enough detail added up to to why some things are going on and and how things are happening that that i really really enjoyed it um the the video quality at my theater was okay it definitely felt like an upscale dvd it did not feel like a a uh a 1080p or 4k remaster which i know exists somewhere in the world but the subtitle track was different I could tell because there are certain there are certain phrases and certain words and terms that are used in in the the original version that were not used in this version that yeah. and it's entirely possible that that subtitle track is what was giving more context to things uh so I need to dig out my old DVD and watch that just to to compare notes it makes you wonder <laughs> if there's a new localization that we didn't know about Yeah now they have done English subtitles for Macross Plus in recent years because of, of certain Southeast Asian countries where there is a large English speaking population, you can buy an actual Macross plus Blu-ray that has English subtitles. It just costs a lot of money (laughs) Mm. because it was a limited run and it's now several years old. So, uh, it's, it's also at this point that I want to call out a a name, uh, Keiko Nobumoto, uh, Keiko Nobumoto, passed away recently. She is one of the writers of Macross plus, and also one of the writers of multiple episodes of cowboy bebop. Mm -hmm. Uh, and she worked, uh, she, she worked on, on a number of things, uh, Wolf's reign, Tokyo Godfathers. Um, she was uh, 57 and she was battling esophageal cancer. So, Mm. That really, really sucks. Um, I need I meant to check to see uh, if. Uh, I don't have writing credits on any of these episodes on on what I'm looking at here, but. Uh, actually, yeah, she uh, d- she wrote episode uh, uh, 22 Cowboy Funk, uh, which. She also wrote, let's see, let's see. She wrote Mushroom Samba or co-wrote Mushroom Samba. My Funny Valentine phase backstory episode. Oh, nice. The Jupiter Jazz duology, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, Let's see, let's see, let's see. She wrote Sympathy for the Devil, which was uh, the the The, one with the... The Prince of Vicious? The old man kid. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, she wrote Asteroid Blues, the pilot episode of Cowboy Bebop. And she also wrote uh, that we'll be, we will be watching in a couple of weeks, the Real Folk Blues Parts 1 and 2, the final duology of episodes here. Uh, so that is... is oh, 
unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just glad we get to appreciate her work uh, as we're going through this. Uh, and knowing the knowing all the Macross Plus specifically and Cowboy Bebop connections, it just kind of a little extra. She she gets a little time to to be appreciated because of not only just Cowboy Bebop, because of people experiencing it because of the Netflix show, but Macross Plus getting its first official American release. Uh, well, American theatrical release, excuse me. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, with that said, Miles, uh, are you ready to get into it? Yeah, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to to bask in the the glow of the release of an, an official Macross release in 2021. And supposedly, awesome. uh, supposedly celebrations across the world for the 40th anniversary next year, but nothing firm or specific that they have uh, done yet. So fingers As crossed. Often the case with that franchise. <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, I will have more fun things to say next year, but let's get into it. Starting with episode 21. Excuse me. Session 21. Boogie Woogie Feng Shui. Yes. Uh, one of the more uncomfortable episodes of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Ooh, yes. So Boogie Woogie Feng Shui. Feng Shui. Uh, Jet receives a, an, an email from an old contact of, of his, Pao Puzu. Puzi. I, I'm going to say that wrong all episode, who is a Feng Shui grandmaster. And as he investigates it, he finds that that guy is dead uh, and he ends up teaming up with his daughter to figure out why and what happened. And (laughs) I got to be honest, Miles, uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of this episode. Not a huge fan. No, I've thought either. There is this is one episode that just doesn't feel like it was finished cooking for one. And then there is the very weird relationship and consistent connotations between Jet and is it Mifa? Mifa, yeah. Mifa? Um, because as written, the character seems like she might be 17 or 18. As drawn, she looks about 11 on a good day. Yeah. And it just, it, 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 if, if Spike and Faye were just teasing him about hanging out with the young girl, that would be one thing. But then there's a moment when she references Jeff being old and he goes, Hey, I'm not even old enough to be your dad. I'm your boyfriend, maybe. Ugh. And I'm just like, Oh, and then he backtracks to be older brother. And it's like, it's, it's, it's it, which the damage is done. And, and, that, and that's something that's introduced at the very beginning of the episode. And I just, it's just uncomfortable from then on from the entire time. Like, and then you, you have your pastiche of the blues brothers chasing them down because, uh, her father ran afoul of the syndicate. So he did this whole thing to like, try to basically, uh, get himself out of the game. Now, I will say Cowboy Bebop takes place in the year 2071. Jet originally meets her as a child in 2061. Ten years earlier. Again, 20, in 20, as in, written. 
as written, she's older. As drawn, she is she not. She is not. Um, but basically, this this whole episode revolves around galactic feng shui. No, what what do they call it? Um, interstellar feng shui. I forget the 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 specific term for it. Um, I thought it was galactic. Feng is shui. it galactic feng shui? I don't know. I it just it didn't do anything for me. There's too much magic in this episode. There's too much, you know, like in a, in a show that that is all about just you know fake space stuff. And I don't mind the magic part. I just I, I felt like it was just kind of again everything just kind of felt half baked, and uh, maybe another pass of the script. You know, I think at this point, if this had showed uh, the the weird stuff about Jet and Mifa aside. If this had been like the second or third episode, I could kind of give it a little bit more of a pass. Yes, 100 like, percent. Like you're allowed to have these kind of things when you're starting out. And, and I mean, you can argue about some of the early episodes of Bebop. I, I, I wouldn't. But, you know, this this feels like very amateurish compared to, you know, what we've been watching for the most part. And. I mean, if it sounds like we're not we're not going deep into the episode, there's not much to talk about with this. They're on a mystical quest to find something called a sunstone, but the sunstone is just a black rock. But then they that that the black rock works to for feng shui. But then they flush the black rock out of the toilet and shoot it with a gun, and it opens a wormhole. It's really it's really. I just I don't I don't dig it. Um, also jet just straight up kills a guy in this episode and children make fun of the dead guy on the ground and like that's just like do you remember this part yes like the, there's two guys that are that are working for a syndicate that that are following uh mifa and jet around and jet gets the drop on them and and grabs one uh to get information and the guy doesn't have any information because he's a low-level syndicate thug and jet just snaps his neck it's like <laughs> do you just have no laws jet? yeah and this is one i i have from what i have read from a lot of fan writings a lot of people consider this episode the worst of the series i can and see that i would i would agree with this one the the one what was the one that people don't like um is it toys in the attic toys in the attic yeah that one's fine i i, I would i defend that when we when we did it but like this one just if, if there's one episode that should be stricken from the record, I think it's this one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to agree with that one. Um, just not enough memorable about this episode and just too much uncomfortableness. I mean, no, the, 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 even the ickiness aside, it just it, it, it just it feels so surface. It feels like there's nothing really there's nothing really happening, even though there's stuff happening. And and this is this is an episode that if Cowboy Bebop was being remade today, and I realize it was just remade, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, what do you mean if <laughs> I'm talking more like a a uh, a Full Metal Alchemist versus Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood situation where they revisit the show, okay, okay. and Got and it. sort of redo it from start to finish more. This is an episode that because the this this show would go from 26 episodes to 12 to 14 episodes. This is one that would 100 percent get cut. It feels like filler. It is not uh, all that interesting. And I, I will say two things I did like about this episode because I want to put it out there. 
We get an even better look at a Martian city than we have seen so far on the show. And the Mm -hmm. Martian cities are built within craters and they've got these big like air things shooting out, which we've seen some of that. But we actually get to see the whole of a city surrounded by all the the Martian sort of uh, just redness on the outside. And it's really cool. Uh, And and also there is this the cemetery that uh, that that uh, Mifa's dad is in is this really interesting tiered circle uh, that, that is, that is kind of like, it's weird to say, Oh, it's a really cool cemetery, but it is a really cool cemetery. I thought it was really interesting. And, uh, yeah. Um, but I'm ready to move on already. Miles last, last words. I, on I, I've been ready. That's why I've been quiet. <laughs> bo- boogie woogie feng shui. Uh, then let's move on to. Oh, miles. Oh, miles. Oh, miles. Session 22. Andy? No, that's not what it's <laughs> called. It's called Cowboy Funk. So I have a new favorite Cowboy Bebop character, Miles. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that, that character has Drew written all over him. Um, <laughs> Drew or Tyler, honestly. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the show recovers very quickly because this episode is just an, a, a boatload of fun. It's it has all the things that you love from a Bebop episode in that you've got some some really obvious reference names like the Teddy Bomber, which is a clear reference to Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Yes. Especially when he has that huge anti-capitalist uh, rant at the end of it. Like I was like, OK, that's great. And you have, you know, these take takes off of like famous sayings from the 20th century, like. And he's saying, here's looking at my reflection, kid, (laughs) (laughs) which is a great, great line. I love Andy. Andy is hilarious. And I love that Faye immediately calls why Spike doesn't like him. Yes. So so we should we should set the stage a little bit for the introduction of Andy. Uh, So so this is one of the coolest openings that we have, because we have Mm -hmm. we have the Teddy Bomber uh, who is. Uh, has planted a teddy bear bomb that of course, as he's on his way out, Spike confronts him and, you know, is about to take him in. And the teddy bomber says, Oh, of course I know you're Spike Spiegel. Everybody's afraid of being taken, taken down by you or Andy to which Spike (laughs) says, Andy. Andy. (laughs) And then who strolls on in with his horse onyx, but this cowboy dude, Andy, and I am here for it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's it's great, especially because the cowboy thinks that Spike is the teddy bomber. Yes, Uh, Andy (laughs) is. and, And Spike isn't even like worried that he's being confused he's just pissed off (laughs) that's my favorite part is that spike is just irritated and that just continues going at the as they are confronting and chasing down the teddy bomber at the end of the episode andy and spike take more shots at each other than they do at the teddy bomber before breaking down into their huge fight between them but the there there's so many things about andy that i love uh one he is basically spike if spike was a cowboy and had blonde hair their their facial features are very similar (laughs) yeah i didn't actually look closely enough to see if they are they're not identical but they're definitely super close 
Um, uh, but when, but there's so many funny things in this episode when, because of course, Andy prevents Spike from getting the bounty on the Teddy bomber and runs him over with the horse. And of course, as Spike is telling this to Jet and Faye, they don't believe him. <laughs> yeah, I, that 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 is great. <laughs> but this is another thing that I really loved about that scene, because in that scene, weird things seem to be happening in the background. Faye's got this interesting mask. Ayn is walking around wearing a long, dark-haired wig. <laughs> Just so many little things are going on. And in the next scene, oh, they're going to a costume party to try to get to, to catch the teddy bomber. It was just a very subtle setup of things that were going to happen in the next. They don't ever they don't call it out. They just let it be. And again, that's one of these very subtle moments in the show that I really appreciate. Um, another thing I really appreciate, Miles. Uh, is Jet's commitment to staying in character. Yes. When he Jet, is Jet. his hippie character. Yeah. It's all groovy, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the more the more I think about it, it's like all of your cosmic crit characters got together. <laughs> <laughs> so so my favorite my favorite moment of the episode, well, one of my favorite moments. I have a lot of favorite moments in this episode, but Everybody is at this party. Of course, the teddy bomber is dressed in a giant teddy bear costume, which is just funny because they call it out immediately. Yeah. But as people are are, are running around uh, and, and all of a sudden the room goes quiet and you hear this whistling song being done. And the whistling song, it we see Andy emerging in the elevator. He's not whistling. Andy is not whistling. But people seem to hear it because everybody stops to hear the whistle song. And yeah. then Andy and uh, on his horse steps out of the elevator and the horse does a little like a little horse noise. And that's when the whistle stops. Was the horse the one whistling? I guess so. <laughs> well, he does talk about like how he plays chess with the horse and all this stuff. So I guess you have to imagine that the horse is extremely, uh, extremely talented. I just I, I love it. I love it so, so it's much. a very, very fun episode. And I, I, yeah, everything about this episode completely lands. And it was a very welcome rebound after Boogie uh, Boogie Feng Shui. And yeah, th this is, this is in my, like, yeah, it's not a massive story episode in terms of like the overarching, you know, syndicate story. But even in, even in both this and the last episode, there's little things said in the background that kind of help continue to set up that whole thing that we're going to see in the last two episodes. Um, just about the syndicate and how things are run. And it also happens in the next episode, too. And so that's still great. But the, just the, 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 from a pure fun factor, this episode goes above and beyond because when the show wants to get silly, it doesn't, you know, ask your permission. It doesn't try to uh, excuse itself. It just leans into being ridiculous. And that's why it's so successful when it does this. Oh, yes. Like Andy, 
a Faye seizes an opportunity to 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 leave with Andy just to see what his deal is. And we find out we find out from Ed, who has been doing a background check, that he that he got kicked out of the YMCA, the Young Men's Cowboy Association for <laughs> for, for, for uh, being a oh, what was the exact a phrase? public nuisance of being a public nuisance. <laughs> Yeah, because you find out he's feared because all he does is cause public destruction. He's pro- and property, property damage. damage. Property damage where he goes. And, you know, and, yeah, and, people, Mike, I, they don't say whether or not he ever successfully captured a bounty, but I, I guess for uh, the bomber to have heard of him, he must have, or at least his reputation for just causing absolute bedlam wherever well, he goes. And, and not just that, but he's also extremely rich he's yeah. already rich he is just doing this because he wants to and not because so he has funny to because when he's on his little date with Faye, all he wants to do is show her his stuff he's like he's like kojima <laughs> he's he just wants to show show hey look look this is cool i like this look this, at this is this is cool <laughs> this is my stew that i make and we found yeah. his special recipe for his stew that we find out he sends Faye home with a crate of these triangle cans of his stew. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And and I have to it's, say, it is at the point where they are in, uh, where they are in, uh, where Faye is returned uh, after being completely annoyed by Andy that I finally put together. The show is called Cowboy Bebop, and this is a cowboy. I feel so dumb for not putting those things together but it's when she's it's specifically when she says that the reason that spike doesn't like andy is because they're too similar it's like cowboy bebop duh oh i'm so stupid i'm so <laughs> dumb right now well, that, they call bounty hunters cowboys yeah i mean i mean the big shots uh the the bounty hunter show they're both dressed as cowboys the entire time it's just is this the episode where they find out they're canceled? No, that's the next episode. Okay. But, uh, that was great. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 of course this episode ends with a huge fight between, <laughs> between Spike and Andy that ends with, <laughs> with Spike punching Andy and Andy almost falling off the building because the building collapses. <laughs> and it says, all right, I give up. That was a good punch. I'll see you around. <laughs> and of course, as he as he exits stage left, see a space cowboy and then walks on out. I nearly freaking cheered like to hear the the common lower third being said aloud in the show it's like the moment where like you're watching a movie and they say the title i always get such a thrill out of it i and, i loved it so much and if that is where the episode had ended it would have been perfect but no they just keep it gets even, it they keep gets better they keep going they just do a little a little uh denouement a little uh because because Faye has captured the teddy bomber and and so they do actually get the bounty this time, which is great. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're in uh, like a police truck or police train and the Teddy Bombers being interviewed by by uh, a cop. Oh, he doesn't even be interviewed. The cop's just, just like, cop's just like shooting, why would you do it? The, yeah. And then and then the Teddy Bomber kind of goes off on how, we, you know, capitalism this and tall structures that and 
blah, blah, blah. And uh, well, let's back up a little bit. Beginning of the episode, when Faye and Jet don't believe Spike, Jet says that the cowboy character is a little too out there. It would be cooler and more down to earth if it was a samurai or something. <laughs> as as the cop, as, as in the middle of the Teddy Bomber's speech to the cop about why he did what he did, we hear a wait, and you just hear those clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, and as it pulls out. So Andy good. dressed as a samurai <laughs> with, with a katana <laughs> and call me Musashi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this episode. It is so much fun. And so it, but it's an episode like I would not show this to someone's first like if I if I was like trying to show somebody how we go up, this wouldn't be the episode because you really have to live with the characters for a little bit for this to get the full effect. Yes. Like I, I enjoy this because it's episode what 22. And that's why this episode lands so well. I, I like even though this this show is one of the strongest shows of the series, I would I would definitely not show this first thing to somebody. But yeah, I, yeah, I love I love how because, you know, you've we've had we've had that kind of um, uh, Maricone sound with Andy the entire time. And I love that when he becomes a samurai, it's very much like in in with how the a lot of Western stories, uh, you know, influenced a lot of samurai cinema and vice versa. And coincidentally, with Andy becoming samurai at the end, it kind of foreshadows the production of the next uh, Shinjiro Watanabe series, Samurai Shampoo. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, this episode just, I, and just again, going back to the character design of Andy, he is literally designed to be like Spike with blonde hair. Like they're so uh, similar in so many ways. And I just, they're like, they're like mirrored uh uh mirrored archetypes he's, he's of characters the player to spike yes he's he's the <laughs> special co- the specialty costume <laughs> yeah it's exactly who he is he's he's which i can see people doing because like oh i want the cowboy outfit <laughs> uh yeah th- this this episode is is an absolute blast i i highly recommend i mean obviously if you're if you're still listening you you're at least following along with us or have at least seen the show at this point, I would I would imagine. So, uh, yeah, this is one that, that you should definitely go back and watch because it's an absolute treat. And uh, which brings us to the final episode of this week. Uh, Brain Scratch. Brain Scratch is an interesting one. And it is it, it is it is one of those one of those episodes that is stylistically very different, kind of like we talked about with uh, Mad Pierrot last week. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is is told in a different style. And, and in fact, most of the episode is very standalone complex, honestly. Well, you know, it's funny that that you mentioned that because I, I I wrote that down once we find out what is actually going on. This is a Ghost in the Shell plot. This is yeah. not just that it feels like a Ghost in the Shell plot. Standalone complex used a, an idea very similar to this for one of the first episodes of that show, um, and and well, let let's get into it. So, oh yeah, puppet master. 
Oh, not just the puppet master, the, 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 uh, the, the walking tank. Like I think it's the second or third episode of standalone. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But, uh, so we, so in this, we are like this, this episode opens up very much like it opens up with like this cult leader saying things and there's a big green number in the corner. And that big green number is something that anybody who grew up in a certain time knows this is all about TV and throughout mm-hmm. most of the early part, oh, actually throughout all of the first five or seven minutes of the episode, I, can't, I, I meant to look at this, the specific time code. It's just, it, we are not introduced to any of our characters. We're just watching different TV shows as somebody, as someone, some character somewhere is changing the channel. And I really, really like that in the same way that I really like the stylistic change changes for, for the mad Pierrot episode. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's funny. I love the way that that worked, but it's one of those things that weirdly is not how it works today. Like, yeah. Like it, it, that would not play nearly the same as, as uh as it did back then because people don't watch traditional TV nearly as much as they used to. I know a lot of people do, but you know. Right, but also this was 98, so I mean, we didn't <laughs> foresee, you know, streaming services and stuff like that. Sure, sure. So the the crux of this episode is that there is a a Dr. Londis who is a a cult leader for a a cult called Scratch, which is the migrate to electronics movement, basically a cult about copying your soul into digital space. It is a very, very thinly veiled version of Doe from Heaven's Gate and the Heaven's Gate cult. In fact, at one point when you see his head and all his little like kind of web pages, one of the web pages is the Heaven's Gate actual web page oof 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 yeah he does look a lot like the heavens gate guy that you mentioned it i didn't really put that together because that would have been just a couple of years before right yes and 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 the website was stayed operational for a while it's a very kind of cheap geocities looking thing um, i think it might still be up because people referred to it a lot uh yeah, so I, I just sent you it's in the far it's in the middle far left. Oh, I see it right uh, there. Wow. Yeah, you yeah. can see that little logo. But yeah, it, it's it's it, that, that it's 100 percent that. And um, I really like this episode. It is much more of a a thriller than we typically get. Um, there is an un, unwinding mystery and we see like the fate has seemingly joined the cult well, so, uh, even so, though we, uh, we know that she's actually trying to attempt to get the bounty, but she's <laughs> yeah, we're introduced to Faye because of someone is interviewing members of the cult and Faye is there. And that's when it sort of cuts to Jet and Spike is they're like, oh, there she is. And then they watch Big Shots and Big Shots says that the bounty is 38 million Wulongs. They're like, oh, no wonder she's over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is at this point that I made a prediction, Miles, that, oh, this is Cowboy Bebop. Londis, the character that's promising that he can put your soul into the digital space. This guy's already dead. He's already dead. And we're going to learn that and they're going to shoot a computer at the end or something like that. I don't know. I was wrong. And I really liked that I was wrong about that. Um, <laughs> but 
the other side of that coin is that this is when we find out that Big Shots has been canceled. <laughs> Big Shots has been canceled. It is the last. Uh, it, it is the, the 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 last thing. Is this the first domino to fall on the path towards the end of Cowboy Bebop? That's what I I want to know, Miles. And I don't know, but. Well, you know, I mentioned last week where I, I kind of felt like the it was we were already kind of stepping towards that. Um, with the, how Spike was with uh, Matt Puro. Hmm. And so I, I definitely think there's a little bit of that that we're seeing in the second half of this show. But I, I like this being played a lot more of a straight thriller. Like it's one of those, again, one of the things where you can see everyone being really good at what they what they do, even though they're not coming up with much. And uh, heck, even even Ein takes control of the virtual reality program at one point. I Ein pitches in. <laughs> so yeah, so Ein. So th- this is another one of those things where is this so part of this whole thing is that there is a virtual reality game that people scan their brainwaves and there's a program that you can run that is from this scratch group that has been killing people as part of what's going on. So Jet gets his hands on one and almost dies before Ayn bites him so hard on the leg that he, that he draws blood and knocks Jet out of it. Then they put the, the, the thing on Ayn. I don't know why they do it though. But all of a sudden they get access to the whole system and they Ayn is a data dog and we don't know what that means. But is yeah. he is is all of this access because Ayn is a data dog and that's what we get? I don't well, know. We know that Ayn is supposed to be hyper intelligent in, 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 in these sort of things. So it would it stands to reason that he he could do this. Uh, e- either way, yeah, Ayn does it and they they. What they have what several like false identities that that kind of pop well, up. So what they what but they the learned of the origin of the false identity points to uh, a hospice, a on hospice Mars. center. Yeah. So they learned that Londis has never existed. Everything about Londis has been fabricated, which was an interesting twist. I like that. I, I like that a lot. I find that very interesting because again, I thought that Londis was already going to be dead. Turns out he was never even alive, which just adds an extra bit to this. But this is where our cast splits into. Uh, Faye, something happened to Faye earlier. We don't know what yet. Spike is trailing after Faye and Chet and Ed go <laughs> to the hospice center uh, and just Ed gets to participate. And I always love when Ed gets to participate as part of the crew. Uh, Papa! Papa! Uh, they, they... <laughs> that one is great, even though they still can't make Ed wear shoes. <laughs> yeah. Jet is trying to charm his way into the the hospice center by telling the guard this poor, sad story. And uh, again, another thing I love, Jet, Jet is wearing the suit that we always see Jet wearing in flashbacks. Yeah, which I just I love that. I just think that's very, very fun and, and interesting. And and I or Ed, excuse me, and Ed is playing his his daughter and his, her her twin brother is in the hospice center and he tells this whole sad story and of course the guard starts crying and lets him in and and uh it, it's just it's super super fun uh but then we 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 figure out what's actually going on and we get an interesting sort of back and forth between spike who has found found Faye 
who ha- was was put to sleep because of some sort of uh, audio visual stimulus that 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 Londis put out. But we find this this unconscious kid in in this hospice center that has this thing connected to his brain. And we sort of figure out and they tell us as much that this is the kid that's responsible for Londis. This is the kid who's doing this. He's he's a a 15 year old kid that was in a a horrible accident. And he's been he's been in this this setup for for a couple of years and connected to the Internet, just created this Londis character and created this cult as, as sort of a. And this is where I call it a ghost in the shell plot as sort of being angry that he no longer has use of his body Body. and that, you know, the body is, is just a shell. The, the human soul, the human consciousness is what's the important thing about humans and sort of takes it too far. And, And, and it's, it's, it very much echoes that, that ghost in the shell plot that we talked about, Oh, a year ago, more than that, uh, uh, where where we watched Ghost in the Shell standalone complex with Tyler. And one of the early episodes features a kid who was very intelligent and was was a roboticist. But his his family, but he had uh, physical disabilities, but his family, for religious reasons, did not want to put him in a cybernetic body or do any cyberization to him. So he. uh he had to live in this, this sort of in his mind, difficult circumstance. And as as his death, he put his cyber brain into the, the robotic tank that he designed and got to sort of live and show his parents what he could have been and could have done uh, shortly before his own death uh, at the hands of the major taking things. (laughs) try to save people's lives. Um, and, and I just, I think those plots are very, very similar and considering that they're close to each other in production. I don't know how many people, uh, I, I will have to go back and look and see who, who, uh, wrote that episode of cowboy bebop. I would be interested or excuse me of, of, uh, of ghost in the shell, because I know there's a lot of creative DNA with standalone complex in cowboy bebop as well. And I wonder if there are some similar, crew members it's possible what do you think miles well um i i mean i definitely agree with what you just said but yeah i i I love this episode i think it's a lot of fun i think it's a it's nice having a good straightforward adventure for lack of a better term i i think that you know we just had a, a, an extremely lighthearted episode with with Cowboy Funk, so it's good to have one that like has some some stakes and 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 some some interesting ideas about you know how the future could go and in, in in both good ways and bad, and because that that's what this show has has done really well is you know each area has a very lived in personality to the the city or asteroid or environment that they're in and a lot of it is you know how these great futuristic ideas don't always end up being great and and we see a lot of the consequences of that and i think that's what's really interesting 
And so this this does a good job with with that. And, you know, it's funny you that know, you mentioned that because that is something we have seen over and over in Cowboy Bebop, the 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 gate system being a fast way to move throughout the 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 solar system mm-hmm. decimated Earth. Right. And I, I just I think this this show is so good with its world building and and the fact that the world is so established in the minds of the people writing these episodes that i mean i i've used this word or this phrase so many times but i i really truly believe that this is a, a master class of world building like I, this not only should this be uh, taught as a template of what you can do with with anime as a, as a, a sequential storytelling medium but this specific show should be taught in how it world builds and it does so s- seemingly so effortlessly. Well, because like, it, it, do, it does. We don't register it as world building upon watching it initially. It's only when we're chatting about this that it kind of comes, kind of comes to my mind. And and because so much of it is done in the background, so much right. of it is is show don't tell. You know. Mm-hmm. And and the, yes. the, but it's 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 little things like I mentioned. Uh, I mentioned in in. Uh, talking about boogie boogie feng shui where we see the whole martian city in the crater we start out by seeing just the bebop sitting in a body of water and then 10 episodes later we get more of the city with the edge of the crater and now we see the entire city in the crater and it's like it they that had to be a purposeful decision to frame things that way and mm-hmm. and I just I love it. Like we we they talk about the gate disaster, but they don't they, they don't talk about the gate disaster until they have to talk about the gate disaster because to them it's just a known thing that everybody knows about because it happened yeah. eighty years ago, and it happened decades. It's like, it's like Pearl Harbor. Yeah, to us. It happened decades before anybody you know any anybody uh, anybody that we see in the show was alive and it's just it's and they only really discuss it when they need to but even then they don't really say a lot about it they just say kind of what happened and it's not like it's this whole documentary about the gate disaster and i just i i there's such a subtlety to the way that the world is 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 designed and built in this show and i just love it I absolutely love it. And we get so much of a look at the world through these like hundred TV channels that they, that they flip through so many that I I didn't write down uh, a ton of things about, about some of these things, but we've got TV shopping. We've got, uh, we've got multiple different scratch ads we've got a daytime show there's there's so many things that 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 just pop up that are just there to just add flavor to this episode and i i really really liked it uh this ghost in the shell bebop episode <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm a big fan of it i mean it's it's always hard to to and that's what makes the show so special is yeah we folk we, we have zeroed in on a couple episodes that are are not as stellar as the others. Uh, and, and one in particular just is, is just not a good episode. It just isn't. And it, 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 it bums me out because I've always looked at the show as being kind of a perfect run. And in, in many ways it still is, but 
Yeah, Boogie Woogie Feng Shui, Feng Shui, well, well, you know, not the worst thing in the entire world. But the more I think about it, like even Bebop at what I would consider its worst is still better than a lot of shows. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's that's true. I think that is. Which is not not to forgive that that episode of anything, just it's it's just interesting to think about. But. I. Yeah, I, I mean, I I have had a great time with this show. I have loved because this is this is essentially our last regular episode. Yeah, of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, and it, it is. And well, so so let's let's. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. It, I mean, it's fine. I, I I think that like, you know, standing standing before the final two episodes you know, I know I said last week, I was like, oh, you know, it's it's I was kind of griping about watching too much great TV. But most of we were doing this at such a clip, um, you know, three or four episodes a week. But I now that we're like so close to being done, I'm I'm getting a little a little sad to have to leave this world behind because I have I truly have enjoyed living in the world that Watanabe and, and company have created or the universe rather. And uh, it's just seeing good science fiction like 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 this is really still such a rare commodity that there i mean there's a reason people like hold this show so dear definitely well miles that that's the funny thing about about a show like this because a show like this can come along it can have 26 episodes start to finish tell a complete story and people still want more even if that yes. seems impossible. Yes. So what do the creators do? Well, sometimes they make a movie. They do indeed. Next week, we are going to take a little detour from Cowboy Bebop, the series, and we are going to watch Cowboy Bebop, the movie, knocking on heaven's door. This is a movie that is supposed to take place between episodes 22 and 23. This is supposed to take place between Cowboy Funk featuring Andy and Brain Scratch. I have never seen this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know that it, it, it seems to be appreciated. I have not. Uh, I don't it's, really. I mean, it's considered it's considered to be on par by by a lot of fans. Um, the problem, though, with this movie is that unlike the series. The Bebop movie is tough to find in the United States. It is. Um, I have a copy of an old DVD. Um, I think I bought it at Suncoast forever ago. I have not watched this movie in, I want to say, 15 years. So, I mean, it essentially is like I, I remember certain things about it. Um, and uh, because, uh, Drew, you brought her up, uh, the screenplay is written by Keiko Nubimoto. There you go. So you're going to get 90 minutes of of her and directed by, obviously, Shinjiro Watanabe. Uh, this is something I'm looking very much forward to because I haven't watched it in over a decade. I remember thinking very, very highly of it and really, really enjoying it. Um, and 
yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised that I, I think maybe some someone else owns the rights to the movie. Uh, I know there have been releases here and there. I think I think it got put back in theaters a few years ago as, as oddly enough as a fathom event. <laughs> but I don't think it's been put back out on Blu-ray disc. A Blu-ray disc does exist. For, it came out for other markets. <laughs> no, it was released in North America by Image Entertainment in 2011. Oh, wow. It is just long out of print. Yeah, I can find a British copy on uh, <laughs> can find a region two Blu-ray on uh, Amazon for $13, but I don't have a device that can play it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. We'll talk a little bit about the history of this movie uh, because it's 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 funny looking at it. I was not aware of the movie until years after watching the show, but it actually aired. It premiered in Japanese theaters before the show aired came here two days before the show started airing in the United States. Um, also I just, I keep looking at these, keep looking at these original release dates. The, the movie aired in, in Japan for the first time on September 1st of 2001. And I'm looking at episodes of, of Cowboy Bebop that aired sept in, in the U.S. for the first time, September 10th, 2001. Well, it's there's a reason a lot of them got pulled initially, especially uh, Cowboy Funk. Cowboy Funk was pulled uh, because it features buildings getting bombed. And right after a particular date in September of 2001, you don't show that stuff on TV. <laughs> At least you didn't for a t for a good little while. Yeah, let me look at yeah, Cowboy Funk. If you look at Boogie Woogie Feng Shui aired November 12th, 2001. Brain Scratch, November 12th, 2001. Cowboy Funk, February 15th, 2002. It was pulled for a good long while. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it, I mean, it's just a victim of, of circumstance, unfortunately. Uh, it's also such a, such a strong episode, but I am really, really excited to to watch the uh, the film. I, it's been such a long time, and it I've never had a chance to watch it or or the series in the the chronological order. Yeah, as close as we can get to it, at least, um, because we yeah. are we have already watched Brain Scratch, which technically takes place after the movie. Yeah, but you know, fine, it's we'll, close enough. We'll fudge that. Um, this is also the first episode that we have recorded since the Netflix adaptation of Cowboy Bebop got canceled. Um, yeah, um, I still haven't watched it. Uh, I'm behind on a lot of TV. Uh, hopefully, I will remedy that in in the holiday, but. So I, re I really I can't speak on on it. I, I remember seeing one particular scene that didn't excite me, but that doesn't mean the entire show was was awful. So I I, I am going to check it out. But it, it's 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 wild that it was canceled so quickly. Um. Oh, I take that back, Miles. Uh, not Netflix being canceled. Uh, Cowboy Funk was supposed to air February 11th, 2002, but network programmers misplaced the episode tape and were forced to rebroadcast another episode at the last minute. So I don't have a firm <laughs> date oh on when Cowboy Funk actually aired. 
that's wild it is uh but gang that is where we're gonna say goodbye tonight uh so fare thee well see you space cowboys out there uh, we will be back next week. If you would like to get in touch with us in the meantime, you can find us at themoreyunner.com where you can find this episode and all of our others a decade back. In fact, you can tweet to us at themoreyunerd and go to facebook.com slash themoreyunerd and you can email us themoreyunerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyunerd at gmail.com. Miles, yes. listen this show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. out, out.